Today on Blue 58, the Packers have traded Devontae Adams, so we're going to spend all of our time together today trying to get at every angle of this situation. If you find yourself feeling a little bit confused, you are certainly not alone, but the plan here seems fairly clear, too. Blue 58! Hello and welcome to another episode of Blue 58, the one and only podcast of thepowersweep.com. I'm your host, John Meerdink. Happy to be with you here for another episode. So, Devontae Adams, out of town on his way to Las Vegas, potentially there already, if you believe some of the stories about him buying a house there, reunited with his former college teammate, David Carr, and signing a big contract to boot while he does it. So how did we get here? And what does this mean for the Packers? What does it mean for Devontae Adams? (laughs) That's the easy one. He's going to make a whole lot of money, and he's going to play with the guy that he wanted to play with. Let's start with the basic facts here before we try to sort through what this means and maybe, well, not even maybe, more importantly, what comes next for the Packers? Because this gets a little bit complicated, but I think you can see the plan here too. The facts. Devontae Adams, now a member of the Las Vegas Raiders. As a part of his move there, he has signed a five-year, $141.5 million contract with the Raiders, the Packers, in exchange for Adams, reportedly get back Las Vegas's first and second round picks this year. There's been some talk about potentially additional players, but also um, uh, additional draft picks. It, it doesn't seem like that is going to be the case. As of right now, this gives the Packers four picks in the top 60 and five in the top 100. As of this moment, assuming all the trade reports are accurate, and that's what we're operating here as of 927 Eastern Time on Thursday evening, the Packers currently possess picks 22, 28, 53, 59, and 92. That's a pretty good selection, but we, I think, have to assume that Devontae, not Devontae, that uh, Brian Gutekunst is going to want to move up in the draft because that's kind of just what Brian Gutekunst does. He trades up in the first round. Three out of four drafts, he's done it. According to reports, this was not about the money. I mean, except for all the ways that it was about the money, in that Devontae Adams wanted a big free agent deal. The Packers weren't willing to go there. He wanted to be the highest paid receiver in the league. He wanted to be the highest paid receiver ever. The Packers apparently had held their line and said, no, we're not going to go that far. Until, on his way out the door, the Packers apparently reportedly offered a similar deal. I'm always skeptical of those reports. If you remember back to when Greg Jennings left town, the Packers supposedly offered him a deal that was equal to what the Vikings ended up giving him as well. Often that's just procedural. Everything is done, and the team wants it put out there, hey, we tried to do everything we could to keep you. You can have whatever opinion of it you want. If you choose to be skeptical like I am, that's fine. If you, if you take it at face value, I think that's okay too. The bottom line, though, seems to be that he wanted to play with David Carr, and now he's going to be, gay, be able to have the opportunity to do that. It's fair. The other important aspect is that Aaron Rodgers appears to have known about this and been on board with it. And I think there's a couple different ways that you can read that. First, you can you know, just have a cynical reading that, well, Aaron Rodgers is all about the money. He just wanted his money to... to be like, whatever, um, I'm going to get what I can, and then whatever happens with you, um, that's that's your problem. 
I think there's another way where you can look at it like maybe there was just some miscommunication here or maybe a, a misunderstanding of the facts. Uh, if you read some of the reports over the last year or so, it seems like Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers had a plan to try to get somewhere together. I don't know how much I believe that, but it, it seems like there was at least some truth to the idea that they wanted to end up someplace together. Look at that logically, though. Who has the draft capital to get both of those guys together? If you look at the Russell Wilson deal and the Broncos are moving a couple firsts, a second, a third, or whatever it ends up being, what do they have left to trade for Devontae Adams that the Packers that actually want? Okay? Look at what the Raiders give up to get Adams alone, a first and a second. Okay? If Aaron Rodgers is going to get a couple firsts and a couple seconds too, are the Raiders going to do that? Are the Packers going to be interested? Do they really want to go two, three years down the line and trade all of their firsts? It is apparently a league rule that you can only go three years out. So you can give them 22, 23, and 24 for first-round picks. Do the Packers even want picks that aren't going to be realized for a couple years here as they try to move on from their superstars? So there may have been a realization here from Rodgers and Adams that we're just not going to be able to go someplace together. So once Rodgers signs his big deal and the Packers maybe haven't moved as quickly as Adams would like to secure another deal, maybe there's some frustration there. I don't know, and I doubt we ever get the full story, but it doesn't seem to have been all about the money for for Adams, and it doesn't seem like there was any amount of money that the Packers could have cleared that would have made Adams want to stay in Green Bay. I'm going to be really skeptical of... No, I'm not even going to be skeptical. I'm going to be completely dismissive of everybody who wants to go. You've already seen it among some of the the take-havers around that are saying, see... If Aaron Rodgers had just taken a little bit less, they could have kept Devontae Adams. You could have kept him. But first of all, that is not what happened. And secondly, Aaron Rodgers, by signing his extension, did clear a bunch of space for the Packers. The Packers had enough room to tag Devontae Adams, do some other moves here, and get a long-term deal done. It was there. The amount of money that Aaron Rodgers is getting paid is irrelevant because the Packers wanted to keep Devontae Adams, reportedly. More importantly, whether they wanted to keep him or not, they could have. They they could have made it work, regardless of what Aaron Rodgers wanted. And kind of along those lines, if you want to dunk on Aaron Rodgers for not taking less, why don't you do the same thing for Devontae Adams? Why couldn't it be Devontae Adams that takes less so the Packers can build around him? Sure, it's great that a team has one great great wide receiver, but isn't having a great quarterback more important? And isn't your great receiver taking less, enabling you to get other receivers to put around you to make your job easier as a great receiver and give your great quarterback someone else to throw to? You can see how that stuff unravels really quickly if you take any amount of time to just sit down and think about this argument about a guy taking less. Not to mention the nonsensical adversarial stuff that you are kind of perpetuating between players. You shouldn't pit players against each other if you don't have to, as fans. Anyway, all that to say, Aaron Rodgers apparently on board with it. So what do we think about all this? 
I'd been wondering now for a week or so if this was possible. Didn't think it was super likely. Justice Mosqueda for Acme Packing Company has been doing a great job on this, on the Acme Packing Pod last week, whatever version of the show it is that um, he mentioned it on. I think it was the Unpack podcast. Not important. But he said he thought this was a possibility. Been hearing some stuff from behind the scenes that uh, Devante not super happy and was not not moved by Aaron Rodgers saying, okay, I did my deal. There's space here. You can be here if you want. Didn't matter to him. Personally, I thought the money slash legacy slash Aaron Rodgers stuff would pull Adams back. If you can make the money, if you can secure your legacy as the greatest receiver in Green Bay Packers history, if you can play with Aaron Rodgers and potentially win a Super Bowl, isn't that appealing? I guess not. As it stands, speaking of legacy-type stuff, Devontae Adams finishes his Packers career second in catches, fourth in yards, second in touchdowns, first in catches per game, and third in yards per game. That via Historic Packers on Twitter. Hardy argue that's a great career. You can quibble about whether or not he's the greatest of all time, greatest of the modern era, whatever. I, that's not the kind of discussion, if you listen to the show, that you know that I like to have. Regardless, he's not here anymore. And at a certain level, I think at all levels, really, I can't blame him. If the choice is between two two places offering the same amount of money, and one is a place where I don't want to be, and the other is a place that I do want to be, and my friend, my best friend, works there, I know what I'm choosing, and it's not a difficult choice. So if Devontae Adams wants to move on, If he doesn't want to be in Green Bay, why don't the Packers get what they can and move on? And that seems to be the key difference between Aaron Rodgers' situation and Devontae Adams' situation. Aaron Rodgers ultimately decided he wanted to be there in Green Bay, and Devontae Adams didn't. Ah, you say. Or, maybe not you, maybe someone else out there, maybe somebody who yells for a living on ESPN. Make up a character if you'd like. Call him, you know, some obviously fictional name, like Skip Bayless. I don't know. You say, ah, or Skip says, this fictional person named Skip Bayless. No one could actually have that name. They say, ah, but Rogers also didn't want to be there previously. True, but I think there's a distinction here. Reportedly, Aaron Rodgers did not want to be in Green Bay. Call it about a year ago exactly. But his situation was different. The Packers had multiple years of contract control. And if... Aaron Rodgers decided to retire rather than return to Green Bay. Guess what the Packers could do? They could go after a whole bunch of Aaron Rodgers' money because it would actually be the Packers' money. And they could say, we would like to have that back since you're not playing for us anymore. Adams, instead, could have sat out and not played this year. He could have sat out and not played for the foreseeable future. And the Packers would have been left with nothing. They would have had no recourse. They would have no money to get back. Devontae Adams just wouldn't sign the tag and would say, Okay, you made me mad. Deal with it. Now you get nothing. How do you like that? That is a key difference, I think, between the two situations. And we've got to be careful to make sure we are drawing that distinction. Even if Aaron Rodgers didn't want to be in Green Bay a year ago, his situation was not the same as Devontae Adams. So, Devontae Adams out. Draft picks in. One third aspect we have not really mentioned is cap space. So the Packers cleared a bunch of cap space so they could fit Devontae Adams under their cap on the franchise tag. That is all gone. 
no more cap problems related to the franchise tag because as soon as he's traded, that contract disappears. $20 million in cap space, 21 and change, I believe, um, is now gone. You don't have to worry about it anymore. Devontae Adams no longer taking up that space. So the Packers now have some flexibility. So let's start talking effects. What do we do? What do the Packers do now that Devontae Adams is gone? So they've got their draft pick haul. They've got their cap space. What do they do next? The cap space, I think, is is the first thing that gets used, obviously, because the draft is a ways away. But the Packers are going to be making some moves here. And first and foremost, it seems like they're going to be trying to bring back Rasul Douglas. And it's kind of funny. The Packers supposedly, all this offseason, were supposed to be building <laughs> building their defense around Jordan Love. Instead, they're going to retain Aaron Rodgers and bring back basically the exact same defense around Aaron Rodgers and, by the way, have a bunch of draft picks if they wanted to inject even more on defense or more on offense. Huh, interesting. Funny how that works. So they'll probably bring back Rasul Douglas. It seems like that is the way things are headed there. And then I think you have to start asking if the Packers bring in a veteran at wide receiver. An outside free agent, possibly. Maybe Marquez Valdez-Scantling. But I think the Packers do need another body here heading into the draft. Now they've got the cap space to do it, especially with additional moves like restructuring um, Adrian Amos's contract that adds a little bit more. Restructuring... Randall Cobbs or redoing, whatever you call it, he's getting paid less now. Now they got that all sorted. What about the draft? So the Packers have a whole bunch of draft capital now, right? What do they do? It's great to have the draft picks, obviously. Having more draft picks is better than having fewer. But the Packers are not in a completely advantageous situation here. It's good to get a first and a second for a player, but getting a late first and a late second is not as good as just getting more picks, obviously. You'd rather have the high picks. And if you want to get a little bit, if you want to go down the the Packers should have gotten more trail, I think you got a case, at least a, a, a bit of one. Sure, the Packers could have gotten nothing for Devontae Adams, and that would have been bad. But a late first and a late second, are you selling low? I don't know. Uh, should the Packers have sent back a third in exchange for another first next year? Maybe there's a case to be made there. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with the draft picks. Let's put it that way. Because if they stand pat, I think I'm fine with the haul that they got. If they try to trade up, I probably would have liked to get one more next year too. So assuming, I think it's a fair assumption, that they add at least one receiver in the draft, probably, hopefully more, just because of the sheer number of bodies that they're going to need, what does that actually do? So they want to spend on Rasul Douglas. They want to maybe bring in a veteran wide receiver. They're certainly going to draft a wide receiver at some point. What does that mean for the Packers? Looking a little bit more long-term, I think there, there are two big effects here. The first is that you're going to get the full, unadulterated Matt LaFleur offense. This offense is built on in large part, the idea that 
wide receivers don't necessarily make your, your passing game go. It's the offense that makes your passing game go. The structure of the offense and a quarterback executing that offense at a high level. When you've got a guy like Devontae Adams, though, you can't help but just try to get him the ball as much as possible. And as inefficient as that can often be, you can hardly blame the Packers for trying to do that. You can hardly blame Aaron Rodgers for trying to do that. I mean, look at the results. Adams has been great the last two years, borderline unstoppable. And most of the time, even when he has been slightly stoppable, you can still you can still fall back on the structure of the offense to kind of bail you out. Other guys are going to be working open because that's what the offense is designed to do. But when you take Devontae Adams out of that offense, you force the offense to work how it's supposed to. And the Packers, when Devontae Adams has been out over the past couple of years, have done quite well, 7-0. and They've been able to move the ball just fine without him. And I don't think you can you can discount that. Without Devontae Adams out there, you don't have Aaron Rodgers locking on Devontae Adams, for as good as that can be at time. You also don't have, at least I hope not, the least efficient play in the Packers playbook, the wide receiver screen, at least to the extent that the Packers currently have it. Now, the way Devontae Adams has run in the past couple of years, it's actually been marginally efficient play. But by and large, a wide receiver screen is one of the worst passes a quarterback can throw. Chances are you're not going to go anywhere with it. There's a lot of times when you, even with Devontae Adams, that you get it out to him in space and there's just nowhere for him to go and he ends up getting nothing. You burned a play. You might as well have run straight up the middle. Taking those two things out, the propensity of Aaron Rodgers to lock on Devontae Adams, and just that play in particular might make the Packers more efficient on offense, which might lead to the second big effect. You might actually get a better Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers has no choice but to do everything the offense is asking of him, if he has only the option of just executing every single play call to its utmost, he might be the very best he can be. He can't just fall back on Devontae Adams um, being Devontae Adams. We talked about this a long, long time ago already, and it's a little bit depressing to think about how long ago it was, when when Jordy Nelson was aging, and I think it was even pre-Jordy Nelson release. Aaron Rodgers liked Jordy Nelson a lot. And unfortunately, aging Jordy Nelson was still a favorite target of Aaron Rodgers, which is not good for the Packers' offense as a whole because the offense bogs down when you're throwing to a receiver whose knee is not back to 100% yet and has no downfield explosiveness as a result. That's a problem. And ultimately, I think cutting Jordy Nelson was good for Aaron Rodgers because it forced him to grow and learn to throw to other people, namely Devontae Adams, who, well... Time is a flat circle, I guess. But without Devontae Adams there, you might get actually a better version of Aaron Rodgers because it forces him to just play within the confines of the offense. Finally, I think we're going to see, and I think this is a little bit more hypothetical, but I think we're going to see a change in how the Packers build their wide receiver room. So with Devontae Adams on the roster, the Packers 
didn't need any other receivers really that could win one-on-one, even though I said for years that they did. And I think we saw that multiple times show up as a weakness in the Packers offense. They had nobody else who could win one-on-one without Devontae Adams out there. With him gone, the Packers need actual wide receivers again. They can't just go out there and get the blockers who are going to be setting things up in the run game or blocking for Devontae Adams in the passing game. You need guys who are going to win one-on-one. You probably need two or three. Does that mean Marquez Valdez-Scantling comes back? Maybe. But it means the Packers probably are going to need some different kinds of body types in, um, in their receiver room. How exactly that plays out is still a big mystery. But we're going to find out as we enter this new post-Devante Adams world. It's a bummer to see Adams leave. Though under the circumstances, I think I find myself feeling less bummed about it than I otherwise could. If you really wanted to go to Las Vegas that badly, sure, I guess then get what you can for him. The Packers seem to have done that. And now we get to see another interesting, uh, we get to see the effects of another interesting decision point. The Packers decided that they just weren't going to force Devontae Adams to play here. And now they've got to live with the consequences of that. And those consequences are going to be very, very interesting. And a lot of them are going to play out in the draft, which we are going to start talking about next week. The saying is that if you want to make God laugh, you take you tell him your plans. Apparently that works for the world of NFL podcast content too, because the plan was to start talking about NFL draft stuff before this episode. That obviously has gone by the wayside. There was some pretty big news we needed to talk about here. But starting next week, we will be diving into the 2022 NFL draft, and I'm excited to talk about all of it with you. Every position group, every player we think is of interest, and trying to figure out what exactly it is that the backers are going to do in the 2022 in the NFL draft. In the meantime, that's all I've got for you on this episode of Blue 58. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, I hope you would be so kind as to share it with someone you think would enjoy it as well. It's going to find, help me more people find the podcast and in turn get more people involved in this conversation that you and I are having about the Green Bay Packers, which as an effect is going to help all of us, me included, become smarter Packers fans. And as I always say, smarter Packers fans are better Packers fans and better Packers fans are what we all want to be. I'm your host, John Meerdink. We'll see you next time on Blue 58.